0: Live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's time for High Velocity Radio. Lee Cantor here, another episode of High Velocity Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Mickey Kennedy with E Releases. Welcome, Mickey.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: I am so excited to learn more about what you're up to. I think what you do is so important, and a lot of entrepreneurs really have to get this part of their business right if they want to grow. So tell us about e-releases. How you serving folks?
1: Right. So eReleases is a press release distribution platform. We work with PR Newswire, which is the oldest and largest newswire of press releases. But if anyone has worked with them before or, or knows of their pricing, they're closer to fifteen hundred dollars for like a six hundred-word press release. And through e-releases, it's about two-thirds less for a national distribution. And it's it's because we serve small businesses, they don't do outreach to small businesses and we sort of act as a co-op representative representing buyers. And we do it between, you know, 10 to 14,000 press releases a year.
0: Now, do you mind just kind of educating the listener about why they should consider having press releases as part of their marketing mix?
1: Sure. So the, the biggest value with PR is the ability of leverage. If you have a message that is extremely newsworthy or craft a message that is newsworthy, um, you could potentially get, you know, four or five articles written about you. It's what we see as a good result. We have seen, I have a case study on the website, ereleases.com where during the pandemic, we did a press release for the Dining Bond Initiative, which was set up for a very short time just to help restaurants that were closed down during the pandemic. And we stopped counting at 150 articles. All the big players, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post picked it up, as well as like food trade publications and many, many small newspapers across the country. And it also got international pickup as well. And it generated an excess of $10 million in revenue. And if they had paid for the release because We did it as as a courtesy to help out the initiative. It would have been like four hundred dollars. So, you know, I challenge any marketers, you know, put four hundred dollars in and get ten million dollars plus out. You just can't do it. But with PR, there is that ability with leverage. Now that's an extreme example, but it, it you know it's it's a valid example and shows that by you know basically putting small little efforts into a PR campaign over time, you can get some real considerable benefit, including new customers, as well as when you get these articles written about you, you can take those and put those in front of your leads as well as your existing customers. And it helps your leads who may not have converted to move you know, over to your side of the fence and potentially do business with you. And for, you know, existing customers, we don't take into account that every year there are some who are going to be shopping to make sure that they're with the right company. And if they see, you know, this article about you, which serves as sort of like an implied endorsement, it goes a long ways for them to say, Hey, I'm pretty comfortable with who I have. I don't need to shop this year.
0: Now for a lot of business people, maybe they take their work for granted and they don't kind of look at what they're doing as newsworthy. Is this something that you really have to be creative to come up with something that's quote unquote newsworthy? Or is it something that any business, you know, with kind of an understanding of what the media is looking for can figure out on a regular rhythm, okay, this is newsworthy and we do something newsworthy every, you know, four to six months or every two months, or I don't know what the appropriate rhythm for press releases are, you can maybe be educated about that. But I would think a lot of folks don't consider what their work is doing is newsworthy.
1: Right. So I think that anytime you have a major milestone in your company, that potentially could be a press release. And, you know, for small businesses, I recommend, you know, try to do a press release once a quarter. Um, You do have to sort of be strategic, um, I, I think that for example, um, I've helped clients who've just tried PR and it never worked for them. And what I suggested was that they do a survey or study within their industry. And that sounds really daunting, but it really isn't, you know, it's about 15 minutes in survey monkey creating, you know, four pages with four questions on each page, total of 16 questions. You want to make sure you're asking, you know, timely questions, things that are relevant today. And if you were to ask in six months, the answers would be probably different. They could be trends that are going on in your industry. Like, you know, as you're, you you know, are you spending less or more in your marketing budget over the next couple of quarters? Um, Are you having difficulty with hiring? Are you, you know, planning layoffs or are you um, seeing resistance to people not wanting to come back into the office and work? Um, All of these things could be really interesting questions to ask anything that you would perhaps talk to a colleague at a trade show or conference, Conference would be potentially a, a really interesting question you could ask and also looking at what's going on. Um, and you know, if you put a little bit of effort there and ask the right questions, you're gonna come up with a, a, a survey that gives you some really interesting results. You're gonna take maybe two to four of those questions and talk about them in the press release, highlighting what the big aha moments were, what were the surprises. And you're gonna provide a little bit of analysis um, with a quote by you as to why you felt the numbers skewed a particular way. And then by doing that, you position yourself as an expert. And generally, when these go out, we see between four and, you know, as many as 14 articles that get written from a single press release. And, you know, that's a way in which you can sort of create the news and it, it, It really is one of the things that most anyone can do. Uh, You know, I do get a little pushback saying, you know, we don't have enough people in our industry to send the survey to. But if you think about it, there's lots of independent and small trade associations in every industry. And unlike the large uh, trade associations, they don't get a lot of media love. So if you approach them and say, hey, could you send this to your members? I'll mention you in a press release. I'll be issuing over the wire. Many of them will do it because they see it as a win-win, you know, and the goal is to get them to send it to their members. Uh, Often they'll do that by email or through social media. Sometimes you can get them to do both. Um, And sometimes they, they, push back themselves and ask, could we co-brand the survey so that the trade association and you are both aligned as the authors of the survey? I don't see a downside to that. Um, and it's just really a great way to get some recognition within your industry, expose yourself to other businesses um, that could potentially be allies or uh, p- potential synergies as well. So there's lots of different ways in which you can benefit from that, as well as getting the actual articles written about you.
0: Now is that something that works best for a company that has a national uh, audience or is it something that could work for the local hardware store?
1: It could work for anyone. I, I did one uh, for a local auto repair shop in Pennsylvania. Um, their their goal was to get uh, links from auto industry trade publications. And I felt like a survey would be a really great way to do that. Despite them being a local company, um, you know, uh, they, they got national t- trade pickup. They also got local newspaper picked it up as well. But we weren't certain that that would happen. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, this went to the question uh that was basically the whole uh, press release was what's the strangest thing a customer left in their car while being repaired and we sent that through a trade association to other independent auto repair centers across the US i think a couple hundred people filled out the survey i think we highlighted about um uh, in the press release i think we highlighted 20 of the strangest things people left in their cars and um, uh, We had a page where we listed, I think, about eighty of them in total, and it it went really well. The the Auto Trade Publications picked it up. I mean, it's kind of a human interest element, you know. What was the strangest thing people left in their car while being repaired? And you know, people really responded to that. You know, there was a boa constrictor. There was grandma left in an urn that had to be retrieved after hours for memorial. Just lots of little quirky things. There was no statistical relevance to the survey because everybody's response, which was written into a field, uh. Unique, uh, but it it really did uh, do extremely well, and uh, shows that a local company can also get a lot of national mileage out of it, as well as some local media attention as well.
0: Now, is there a line that can be drawn to something like that that can that that person who put that out can trace to? I got a new client,
1: right? So. Uh, it's very difficult to measure local media. It was picked up in their local newspaper. Um, a lot of their existing customers told them that they saw the story. Um, you know, they said they've been busy, but you know, other than that, it's, it's really hard to say. Um, their biggest factor was they were looking to, uh, they had a new domain name. Uh, their old domain name was attached to their yellow page ad somehow and that went dark. And so they, they lost their ranking locally and they had been trying to rank and they just weren't ranking with the new domain name. And so they were told by SEO person that getting uh, industry links uh, of authority would go a long way. And it did Uh, within three months of uh, the press release going out, they started ranking uh, number one and number two in their area for auto repair. And so that's definitely going to give them a huge advantage going forward.
0: Now, when you're working with folks that haven't done this before, what is kind of, how do you manage their expectations? Like what is a a reasonable expectation or maybe share, like you've shared, what a best case scenario is, millions of dollars of business coverage all over the planet. Like that's, you know, that's the lottery ticket win that everybody dreams of. But what is maybe more realistic and what's a worst case scenario?
1: Right, so if you're doing more strategic types of press releases like the survey, I've never seen the survey, Uh, get less than four articles. Um, That being said, the majority of press releases generate no earned media or articles written about them. And that's because of the types of releases that most people do. Uh, We see a lot of uh, hiring press releases and we're not talking about a new president or CEO or some industry veteran of 40 some years that's been plucked and moved to the board. Uh, We're talking about a new associate HR person And I do tell people that, you know, I wouldn't spend money to send a press release like that over the wire, Um, send it to your local newspaper and maybe one trade publication where they have a little on the move section uh, because it, they they rarely generate any results. Um, Other types of releases that I see are um, product launch press releases where it's just, here's our product. um, Here's a list of features and here's the buy button. And uh, that is not a compelling story for a journalist. Um, journalists are story builders. And so the things I push back on those releases when they ask for advice is, hey, um, I'm sure you had people use this, beta tested it. What were their results? Get a quote by one of them. And all of a sudden you incorporate, um, here's the problem uh, that this company faced. Uh, they used the product this is what it solved. These were their results. Here's an amazing quote by them. And now you have the the product features listed, and uh, you know a page where there's more technical specs for the for the product. And that gives a lot more elements of the story arc to journalists are liking liking to build into an article. And um, I I think that a lot of people come to press releases thinking of what's in it for me. We want to sell more products. So we're going to write and approach the press release from that standpoint. And what they have to do is write the press release from the standpoint of um, we recognize journalists are gatekeepers, Um, they're deciding what to share with their audience. What can I do to make it irresistible or more compelling to these journalists and make them want to share it with their audience? And I think that, um, that can sort of help you build out a press release in a way that's going to stand a much higher chance of media pickup. I do tell people that if you're open to PR, uh, you know, give it a proper PR campaign of maybe six to eight press releases. Um, you know, maybe it's once every other month. Maybe it's once a quarter. Um, But, you know, learn from the ones that don't work. Um, Try to incorporate more strategic strategies. Um, You know, one of those things might be if there's an industry trend, do not join the trend. Um, They call that news jacking. It used to work 10, 15 years ago. It doesn't anymore because everyone does it. They join the conversation. They don't add anything of substance to it. They just sort of echo what everyone else is saying. But if you're the contrarian viewpoint, and you're going against what everybody else in the industry is saying, you have the likelihood of getting picked up in every article that gets published about that subject because you're the only person who's raised his hand or her hand and said, Hey, not so fast. Here's a contrarian or um you know viewpoint on this subject. And journalists do like to be fair and balanced and have both sides, but many times they don't because there's no one willing to do that. And I do, I do caution that you want to make sure you take a position that doesn't alienate you with your customer base. But uh, there are lots of issues out there where there are you know, potentially uh, some negative uh, side effects. I mean, it seems like electric cars being pushed. Um, you could be the person who says, hey, maybe we shouldn't be embracing electric cars so fast because of um, you know, the mining of the minerals to make the batteries. It's not environmentally sound or the labor involved is, is problematic. And plus, we don't know what we're going to do with these cars at the end of their life as far as the batteries and other ele- um, elements. And also, you know, there's there's a safety thing with, you know, these uh, cars catching on fire and accidents. So uh, maybe we should sit back and wait a little while and make sure we're making the best decision going forward. You know, that approach seems really rational, um, but it is contrarian. And I think that that's uh, one way to strategically stand out. Um, there are lots of other little elements to, to know, but, you know, journalists love data. So anytime you can incorporate uh, statistics and data doesn't have to be your data. So you don't always have to do a survey or study. But if you take data that's out there publicly available and put it together, it can really, uh, you know, boost your messaging. So even in the product launch, if you talk about the problem that people in your industry are facing and you have numbers attached to it and certain percentages, that's going to give you more of, of a hook for the journalist to dig into and, and be able to incorporate into an article.
0: Now, is this something that, a you know, a business person who may be an expert in their niche, it should tackle on their own, or do, or should they get some expert advice when it comes to writing the press release? Um, you know, choosing the right places to, to distribute it, and if so, is that something that e releases helps them with, or are they kind of on their own, and that's just the place for distribution?
1: Right. So E-releases is all about helping people. Uh we work with a lot of people who've never done PR before, so we walk them through the path. I do say that press releases are pretty simplistic. If you look on our website, we have a lot of press release samples and templates. Um you know, I do say go ahead and try to, you know, draft one yourself. Um maybe even use AI to help you a little bit if you feel that writing is not your forte. I wouldn't let the the AI Give you the idea for the press release, but it can certainly help put together the copy. Uh, especially if you go paragraph by paragraph, knowing what you want in each paragraph can can really sort of uh, make tighten up your your language. Uh, but you know, that being said, you can always send us your release. Um, uh, we have chat, email, and phone availability. Um, all of the people that answer and correspond with customers are editors. And uh, we'll look at your press release and give you our advice, uh, usually in two business days at no cost, whether you're working with us or not. And I, I do think that it is one of the things that uh, a lot of people feel um, maybe just not comfortable with it. So we do offer writing services as well. But I do think that most people could, could put together a pretty good press release. It's just you know making sure that you're using the building blocks of being strategic. And to that point, I do have a free masterclass on strategic types of press releases. Um, it's less than an hour video. It's great for people who are new to PR, can really give you a good audit of the type of press releases you should be doing. Um, and it's available at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And uh, it's completely free, less than an hour long video masterclass. And it's a great place to get started.
0: And um, what's the most rewarding part of your job? Is it when those kind of home run uh, exposure opportunities happen for your clients? Like, is that what gets you the most excited every day?
1: kind of it's also the quirky types of customers that we deal with uh i mean we've we've dealt with some really interesting companies over the years uh one uh, that makes rubber duckies uh like uh with celebrities and people from history and things like that and they got uh, put on the tonight show and i think good morning america and yeah, you know it's it's always fun because there's so many people doing new novel things uh things that you would never think you could put a business around and it it is really exciting um the people that appear on shark tank about a third of them do press releases through us the producers recommend that they do a press release before their episode airs and mention us by name uh so it's always fun to see those people that uh, have used us who are out there um you know pitching on shark tank they generally do pretty well you know, I think it helps considerably that they're on a national TV show. But I also think that startups in general do pretty well with PR uh, because they really know what their story is. Um, you know, a lot of times they have uh, a, a unique selling proposition and a story that goes along with how the company was founded. Uh, it may be inspirational, could you know, share obstacles or vulnerabilities. But I think that a lot of people love the personal story arc. And it's, it's a place in which you can really share your story as a small business. And the, the media sort of li- really likes that. And, you know, one of the things I do caution people is uh, most people that approach PR feel like it's just they're too small to matter, that they're just a small business. But what you have to realize is journalists really like being seen as curators and they like to put the spotlight on companies and businesses that their audience don't know. And, you know, everybody knows Microsoft and Google. And so they, they really don't love doing those stories. They love doing the stories about, Hey, I've discovered this uh, strange little quirky business that's doing something a little bit different and unique. And so from a lot of standpoints, being small is an advantage um, and especially an advantage when it comes to PR.
0: Well, if somebody wants to learn more, uh, one more time, the website?
1: It's ereleases.com, and the masterclass is at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N.
0: Well, Mickey, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you.
1: Oh, you're very welcome.
0: All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on High Velocity Radio.